This goes to all my hustlers, entertainers, and of course, athletes in the struggle. Y'all to make a little. Y'all, y'all, y'all. Some get a little, and some get none. Shit, I was part of the some get none. Yo, what's the word, y'all? Yet again, another episode of Sports Talk with the Spain. Yours truly, as always, your host, the Spain. For those who haven't listened or watched in a while or never, welcome. Uh, yet again, another episode. Uh, I'm going <clears> to <throat> do my usuals. Uh, but before I start, I'm going to let everybody know, do me a solid, just a solid, listen, smash that motherfucking bell, do me a I'm telling you, just do me a solid, smash that damn bell, and give me a thumbs up. Um, if you give me a thumbs down, that's still something, whatever, I don't care. I, I, I appreciate the interaction and, and um, engagement. <laughs> But nonetheless, uh, yes, you can find me on YouTube if you are not watching this and you're listening. You can find me on YouTube. You can find me on Instagram and TikTok, D-E-S-P-A-I-N. If you start typing it in, you may see my face somewhere in there. Uh, so do me a solid and do that. I'm also on, on X, formerly known as Twitter. Uh, you'll probably see me talk a lot of sports. Um but yeah, once again, y'all, thank you for joining me for another episode of this podcast. Uh, as I usually do, I will be going over to start our local sports in the Massachusetts, Boston, New England, however you want to look at it, area. Um, for those of you who don't follow me, I am a resident of the state of Massachusetts. I am not a Patriot fan. I am a Celtics fan. I'm not one of those like green teamers, the ones who have a logical mindset. Um, I'm very realistic, but I do support the Celtics 100%. That's the squadron. Um, and also, I'm a huge Red Sox fan. I've, less, I've, I've toned it down a bit throughout the years because I feel like baseball has kind of watered down a bit lately. But um, big on that. And, and being that this is a hockey town, I'm I, I I can't say that I am a big hockey fan. I apologize to those who are hockey fans. But as I've mentioned in the past, I've been trying my best to be very in tune with the, the hockey culture and the hockey the hockey I say hockey. Hockey. I don't know. What what language is that? It ain't it ain't it ain't <laughs> it ain't Cray English. So my fault. But hockey um, looks fun. Don't get me wrong. I'm still, I still need to learn. I'm, I may need to go to a game and to get like a good ten games in my in, in me, like watching it with somebody next by, nearby to tell me like the ins and outs of the whole thing. But to start with that, beloved Bruins, Boston Bruins. Uh, this is my part of the podcast, the segment of our local sport. The Boston Bruins are currently 14-4 in three. Three losses in overtime, four losses in regular in regulation, but 14 total wins with a total of 31 points to lead the Eastern Conference, actually tied with the New York Rangers. So uh, the Bruins have been in a bit of a skid lately. Um, so uh, this is kind of what it is. You're a great team like the Bruins and like um, the Celtics, were, who I'm going to start covering in a bit. You're going to run into nights where you're going to not be at your best. And that just builds um, that just builds some you know, character. Uh, sometimes you need to get your ass whooped a few times so you can know where you stand as a team. Uh, but, you know, you know, winning a lot take, brings a lot of pressure. And Bruins dealt with that last year, being one of the best teams of all time, damn near, in the regular season in the NHL, and they didn't. They got they got beaten seven at home in the first round of the playoffs. So hopefully, these are the moments where they need to recollect who they are as a team, figure it out, win some games, 
get back on the get back on the snide. You know what I'm saying? But uh, our beloved Bruins are currently fourteen four and three. Um, next is the Red Sox. Currently, again, Red Sox are in free agency mode right now. There's a lot. The rumor mill is buzzing right now. It's buzzing. It's rolling. It's moving. We're hearing a lot of things about Yamato. Um, not Yamato. Yamamoto. Um, Atani is out there as a free agent. There is so many international baseball players available. And if you heard my podcast with um, uh, my podcast a few months ago, where we were talking a lot about baseball, this is it, man. Like baseball is big on off season. Baseball is a big fucking deal. Big markets like Boston, New York, San Diego, unfortunately, I don't know how that's a big market, but it is Los Angeles, Texas. Um, those places, Chicago, they're big. They're big on offseason. So when the offseason starts, you know those those cities are buzzing. They're buzzing. They're ready to rock. They're ready to sign the biggest names um, to be relevant. So be in the be in the lookout for some big names being signed in the next couple of weeks. The uh, winter meetings are starting, I think, next week. It's usually the first week of December, and that's when most negotiations will be happening amongst GMs of these teams. So the reason I'm bringing this up because this podcast is not only about talk about sports. I like to educate y'all about what's coming up the best I can. So um, just so you know, that's what's going on. Red Sox have, haven't made any major moves aside from Signing a GM, uh, Craig Breslow, as I mentioned. They also got a new pitching coach as well, um, Andrew Bailey, who used to be a major league player as well. Um, I'm not, I can't recall if he was a Red Sox at, Red Sox player at one point. I feel like he was. So yeah, the Red Sox are in the on the off season. Um, uh, so look, be in the lookout. I'm gonna be updating everybody either on social media or on the podcast about what's next or what's going to happen with them. Um, and next, uh, we got our beloved Celtics. Um, they are currently top in number one in the East, uh, Eastern conference. Their current record is, uh, 14 and four. They're a game above the Milwaukee bucks. Um, I'm looking at the standings. Like Orlando Magic is twelve and five. Like this is early. The season's real early. It's real early. We don't really know these teams until about close to the All Star break. Then we really know who what kind of teams we're dealing with. But man, um, the Celtics do look good. Uh, point differentials looking good. Um, the the bench is getting it together a bit. I'm still not a big fan of the bench. I think a team like this that's so stacked and pretty much championship ready right now needs at least another veterans presence to lead the way for the bench. Um, although a lot of green teamers are big on Pritchard and Hauser and Hauser has been playing lights out. Don't get me wrong. He's been amazing on the offensive end. Like his three point shooting is damn near unstoppably elite. Um, but like being that Payne Pritchard is undersized, like you can't, 100% rely on him every evening. Um, he's been a better facilitator and very active, but, you know, a team like that really needs a steady leader off the bench. Like, like someone like, yes, Horford is a leader. Yes, Horford is, you know, one of those guys. I get it. But you really need a consistent leader. Like, Horford's going to be starting some games. Let's be honest. He will. Depending on the on the matchup, he'll be starting. Depending on who's available, he'll be starting. So he has a starter's mentality, but he's not a leader off the bench, in my personal opinion. He's not like, and that's not a diss on him. He never was a bench guy. He never came off the bench. So to to make that a thing is tough, especially for a big. Um, so just to take the pressure off of him, because he gets big minutes nonetheless. Just to get the pressure off of him, another like veteran person coming off the bench would be nice possibly a veteran guard. I would love like Ish Smith on this team or um, couldn't tell you like Alex Caruso would be perfect for this team. I know it's going to be pricey for that. Uh, there's going to be some available dudes out there. Um, come come to the middle of the season. We're going to see what um, Brad Stevens does to improve this roster because this is not the final product. I don't think it is. Um, the, the final, the, the starting five is as 
as advertised, but the rest of it needs to be as complete. Like, come on, keep in mind, folks, last championship they won, although they had the big three, they didn't have the greatest bench of all time. They had some rookies on that bench. They had some young guys, and they had to make some big moves like Sam Cassell and P.J. Brown. They weren't producing high, big-time numbers, but when they were put in the game, they made a big impact to this team, that team then, to winning a championship. So let's not act like this team is just good and ready to go. They have, they're not going to, they're not a 72 and 10 team. We know that already. So just keep that in mind. But nonetheless, on a positive note, and I'm not being, I'm not trying to be Mr. Negative, you know, Nancy out here. Nah, not, nah, not, not the type of way I'm trying to move. I'm just stating the obvious. Like I said, I'm not a green team. I'm obvious. I'm a real, I'm realistic as fuck. But on a positive note, our Celtics have in, have advanced in the in-season tournament by smoking the shit out of Chicago last night. Mind you, the Chicago Bulls are just a bad team. Like that team is gonna look so much more different um, come you know the next couple months. Um, but the Celtics um, sealed the deal. They won one twenty four to ninety seven against the Bulls. They needed that win to advance. Not only did they need that win, they needed to win by twenty four plus points. So they were doing a lot of. They were scoring a lot of points last night. They were scoring a lot of points. A lot of threes were putting up. Um, Coach Missoula uh, decided it was wise to hack a, dr- a dr- drumming, which uh, ruffled some feathers over there at the Bulls bench, but it had to be done. Um, the team had a goal. And I think this is a great thing for the NBA. The in-season tournament just brings a lot more uh, – Intensity it brings more it br- it brings the idea of a bit of a rivalry amongst teams, um, some chippiness forces these guys to strap up their their sneakers and get ready to play some fucking basketball for once instead of like hitting me with the load management bullshit. Like people are paying good money to see y'all play, and and I understand, I get it, I get it. You want to rest, uh, your body. You know, I, I'm 36 years old. I only played flag football most of my my adult life, and I'm hurt. <laughs> like, that shit is not easy. I get it. You know what I'm saying? These are professional athletes. They're doing this for, for a living. They're playing basketball damn near daily. But my point is this. Just like me, I get paid to do what I do for work, and I have to get up every day and get and get it going and go do that shit. I, don't, I can't go to my manager and say, I got I got a load managed. They ain't, they ain't trying to hear all that. I could be like, oh, my feet hurt. They're like, then get better shoes. But it's like, my whole point is this. Like, I just like this whole idea of the of this um, tournament. I do like the idea of getting these guys to play basketball. Um, some of the rules are needed because when you have a CBA, I'm going to talk about the NFL in a bit. When you have a CBA, a collective collective bargaining agreement, in the players' union, in the in the union of the of the organization are involved. You have to find a way to even out the playing field. The players have a lot of control now. Both sports, these sports are nothing without these players. Let's be right. Let's let's get let's get it right. I get it. But the reality is, these sports are highly controlled by these players. So they 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 really will force their hand if they have to. And I and I'm I'm with it. I want these players to have that opportunity, but it does hurt the fan experience. It does hurt the viewing experience. These these um professional associations they 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 there's a lot of money involved. In in order for you as the player to get paid, you got to be involved as well, which means you have to play. And no, I'm not. I'm not one of these uh, people that says I'm your. I'm the fan. You should be playing. I pay, I make sure your salary is paid. Uh, no, Eh-eh. we're not playing that. Customers always right bullshit. I'm just saying, like, for the sake of what you've already been able to uh, agree on and get in your favor, at the very least, you can do is participate. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
I get it. Some some older players may need some extra time to to recover. But you young cat, them young cats in their mid twenties and whatever, like man, strap up them damn sneakers and get out there and play. Unless you're hurt for real, for real, like I ain't trying to hear that. But nonetheless, the Celtics have advanced. They're in the in, out of Group C. Uh, so currently, we have the quarterfinals that will be starting on Monday and Tuesday of next week. The Celtics will be playing the Indianapolis Pacers. I believe they're going to Indianapolis. Indy is the two seed. They're the three seed. Um, also, the Bucks are the one seed in this um, eastern turn in the eastern side of this tournament, and they'll be hosting the New York Knicks. Uh, and I also see that uh, we have the Lakers hosting um, Sacramento. And the Dallas Mavericks are going to be hosting the Pelicans. So there's some parity here. Uh, some teams that haven't had, well, aside, I mean, every single team except for Indianapolis and Dallas made the playoffs last year. Um, actually, I think the Pelicans were in the playing tournament last year. So there's some different teams here which are going to be participating. So there's a there's a likelihood we may see a Vegas championship of the Lakers Celtics, which is <laughs> to be honest with you, this is like chef's kiss for the fucking league. They would love to see it that be it be in Boston and the Lakers in a neutral site. They would they would they would lose their mind if this was the, the actual uh, scenario. This would be fun to watch. Um, I think it was fun that last night there was like the 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 Celtics game had to go down the way it did because they had to get those points. So. It kept people watching because if they didn't, they wouldn't clinch. And I think it's because the Knicks won. And then the same goes for the Golden State Warriors. They were up. They just had to win by more than 12 points. And they blew it to the Sacramento Kings. And the Kings only needed to win. And that's how the, that's how that, the evening ended last night for the, um, for the tournament. The first official tournament seems to be a, a thumbs up uh, by the viewers, by... Many people I've heard in the media, they've speak, speak, been speaking on it. Even, uh, I mean, although there is some folks who just don't get it, and that's fine. You got to leave them where they are because you can never satisfy a lot of people. That's just what it is. And I'm going to speak more about that some uh, coming that coming in this, in the moment with the NFL. People are just never fucking satisfied. So when you try so hard to satisfy the normal consumer, just like a Marvel, like the MCU with with Disney. You're gonna you're gonna disappoint a lot of people because they just don't get it. They don't understand anything. They just want it to be as it was before, but you can't replicate that. Things change. Times change. Modern times are here. You just gotta move on and live with change. If you're not willing to, then you're gonna stay behind. It's okay to go back in the past. Everybody's gonna stay out, out here in the future. Um but yeah, but last but last but not least. As far as uh, local sports are concerned, New England Patriots, um, they're, uh, they lost against the Giants on Sunday. They are currently, um, this is probably the worst I've ever seen this team in a long time. They're two and nine. Last in the, in the AFC. Unfortunately, they are really, well, not unfortunately, they are not the worst team in the whole NFL record wise. So they don't have rights to the number one pick just yet. Um, it's not looking too good. Um, they're 31st out of 32 teams in points four. Um, although Mr. Belichick, Coach Belichick, is one of the best defensive minds in the league, his defense has given up 248 points, which is 21st in, out of 20, 32 teams in the league. So it's like there's not much of anything they're doing well in on all three phases of the game. There's a likelihood he will get fired. I don't think actually no 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 let me take that back. He won't get fired. They will keep him. They will trade him. They want compensation. They want some picks. They want some money. They want to make it make sense. They want him to go they want him to choose where he wants to go. He could choose where he goes. They trade him. And then they get their guy, wherever that, that person is, that's it. New England needs to get out of that Patriot way. They need to go. They need to get fans out of that idea. They need to get the players out of that idea. The players are already out of that, out of that, out of that idea. They need to get that idea out of the coaching staff. 
and just move on into something new. And I'm not going to be the one to say that Brady was the only reason that there was a Patriot way, but he was the catalyst Um, for what they did post his ACL tear is what the Patriots really were. The first three championships was absolutely majority of it. Belichick's doing for how he coached that team, how he rate, how he uh, developed a great defense of great veteran players from anywhere. Um, didn't matter who Brady had at, on offense; they were successful because they had they had just great continuity with that staff, that coaching staff, the whole thing. But once player teams and players move on, coaches move on to better situations, other endeavors, there is going to be a lot of change. But they were one of the most unique. They had one of the most unique scenarios where it just continued on forever and ever, and only because two things never changed: coach and the player. Uh, but the player saved the coach many more times. The Seahawks Super Bowl, they won. You could say it was Tom Brady. The defense did a, did their thing by getting that interception at the end. Yes. But you don't get that opportunity to be ahead without Tom Brady. Beating Atlanta in, in that Super Bowl Yes, you need that defense to make a lot of stops, which they did. But you need a lot of Tom Brady in that in that Super Bowl. And then, of course, St. Louis. I mean, excuse me, beating the L.A. Rams that year. And there was a lot of fortunate situations there that happened. That was for some people that's considered one of the worst Super Bowls of all time because it was so bad. Like, and you could say it was a defensive battle, but it was just really bad offense. Um, but Tom Brady made the the biggest plays. And keep in mind, the guy has fucking what, four MVPs in the Super Bowl. That's not a fluke. <laughs> when you're the most valuable player, that means you were the main reason why that team actually won, for the most part. So, um, yeah, New England's in a in a in a tough place right now, and this is not a place where a lot of New England fans are familiar with. And that's just how it goes, man. Like I've I've warned a lot of people in the past, like your team. This New England Patriots team will be no different than the Dallas Cowboys teams that you, as a fan, do not like because you wish they weren't considered America's team. And here we are. History repeats itself some way, one way or another. So it is what it is. But um, nonetheless, moving on from the Patriots in the NFL, Week 13 has concluded. Of course, I'm sorry, Week 12 has concluded. I, I. I'm already, week 13 is around the corner. Starts tomorrow. I'm recording on a Wednesday night. Starts tomorrow, Thursday. Um, we got Dallas. Uh, Dallas is playing uh, the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, I'm going to give you my prediction for that game. I'll give you my predictions for other games later on this week. But um, I'm just going to go over some notable games that I saw this week that I thought was amazing. Um I did do well on my picks. I'm not going to go over them, but um, I, I pretty much swept the Thanksgiving the Turkey Day games and also Friday. Um, so going back to thir- Turkey Day, um, and again, everybody, th- happy Thanksgiving to whoever uh, celebrates Thanksgiving. Turkey Day to anybody else who enjoys their little turkey and anybody who just wanted to enjoy the holidays for some peace and clarity and some time with family. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, but yeah, uh, Turkey Day, uh, I... My beloved uh, Green Bay Packers uh, started off the day by playing um, by playing the Detroit Lions, and they prevailed. They won twenty nine to twenty two, and the the score is much closer than what it really was. It was an ass whooping. It was a complete ass whooping. Yes, I'm a Packers fan, and I was loving every moment. I was getting lit. I was watching this game. I was just so amazed by what I watched. I was pretty much impressed by how Jordan Love played. Um, and if this is what we're going to see for the rest of the season, even if they lose some games, this is just a good um, stepping point, stepping stone, excuse me, to what we are, what is to come of what this team can be. It's a very young team. And if this team can stay build together, there's a lot of great things and a lot of magic that come out of this situation, but they they beat the brakes out of out of the Detroit Lions. Um, 
Jared Goff, unfortunately, I mean, he had a, he had like here's the thing with statistics, man. People can look will look at his numbers and say he had a great game. He played well enough, but that's the one thing about playing that quarterback position. Some people turn a blind eye about of uh, how many fumbles are lost, how many sacks they un- they took because they held the ball too long, and how many poor throws they make in incompletions. So they'll see the stat line. They'll be like, oh, but he was he, he passed for like 65% of his tasks got completed, though. He had two touchdowns, no interceptions, 300 yards. Okay. But did he win? But did they win, though? It is a complete game, team game, uh, complete team sport. Like, the whole entire team needs to be involved for this for success for uh, for any type of win. So, with all that said, you know he didn't have the greatest game of his career. He's been turning turning the ball over quite frequently as of late. So, um, I'm going to go over my power rankings of where I've seen Detroit right now. But Detroit, um, they they they're looking like the Detroit of old um, with the last two games they played, even though they did did beat the Bears, but wasn't looking good for them on, on Thursday. Um, the Cowboys slapped the Commanders. I'm not even going to get into that. All I know is Deron Bland, you are currently in defensive player of the year status right now. You are fucking insane. Dak Prescott, you are currently in the MVP race. I don't care what anybody got to say. You could talk about his interceptions, which he never has ever led the league in. The kid is, these guys are in another level. And here's another thing, folks. Miss me with that whole who who have they beat, motherfucker? Who has anybody beat? There's some bad teams that beat great teams, and some great teams that beat bad teams. Who freaking cares? The goal is to win on a Sunday, Monday, or ter- Thursday. And the other goal is if you're really that superior uh, against a, a bad team, you gotta handle business and stand on that business. That's it. If you're gonna sit here and tell me, oh, well, well Dallas only beat Commanders. Motherfucker, like, commanders beat some other teams that should have not lost to them. So what are we talking about right now? And what if what if the Cowboys did lose? What are we talking about now? We're going to be talking all types of shit. Because they, they, they're America's team. We want to see them look bad. Like, oh, look at that. He threw an interception to the Oh, look at them losing the commanders on Turkey Day. Like, y'all, y'all have some tired-ass narratives. Yo. Put your two hands together and applaud the team when they get the job done. This is week 12, going into week 13. There's no, nobody's a real true, true fluke in record-wise. You are what your record shows. They are, I believe the, the Cowboys, what, they're 8-3 and three or 9-3 and three right now? They're 8-3. and three. So what are we talking about? They're eight and three team. If in any other division, they'd be leading the division. So let's let's be honest. They unfortunately are in the same division with Philly. You can't give them a give them a hard time about that. Um, <clears throat> the other great team in NFC, San Francisco, took care of business. Seattle. That was something that I, I could almost script how that game was going to go. Like, they missed me with the whole idea of thinking like Seattle's a, a, a great team or a playoff contender. Please. Um, my thing is Brock Purdy, ladies and gents, I'm going to eat my words. I will. He is better than what I thought he is. Um, now is it due to the system? Most quarterbacks are as good as their system is, is look at Tua, look at Tom Brady, most of his career, Aaron Rodgers, most of his career with Mark McCarthy, Mike McCarthy, uh, Drew Brees, uh, Peyton Manning in two different franchises, which, I mean, the second time was mostly his system. But the first time, he had a system with Tom Moore, now Jalen Hurts. You could name, name you could, it's a long list. Quarterbacks need a system. Like me, if I'm at work, I need a system. I need something that's, that's, that's uh, organized correctly. I need things to be a well-oiled situation. I can't be in chaos. If you're in chaos, like what you see now with certain young quarterbacks in certain franchises, like Carolina with Bryce Young or Mac Jones with New England, it's just chaos. When there's just chaos, you can't develop or progress as a player or a quarterback. So to 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 just deem him as just a product of his of his environment, that's unfair. 
He has to work hard to be able to keep starting. You're a seven-round pick. You really got to play your ass off just so you can get an opportunity to stay on the goddamn field. You have to compete against Garoppolo's and fucking Trey Lance's that were drafted number three in the draft, third pick in the first round. Like, it's not easy. So you got to give him some props. Um, Caffrey is looking more and more like the MVP himself. Um, All three games were very impressive wins by those teams. Um, The NFC was looking a little bit tighter these days. Uh, But but we did have a Black Friday game. Dolphins um, were in New York, and they handled business. The Jets are bad, y'all. Defensively, obviously, they're going to always be a good team, but when the offense can't get it going, the defense gets tired and they can't even keep up. Um, Tua, I like Tua a lot. Um, I think when things are rolling right, that team can never be – they can't look bad. But, wow, man, the, the Jets look awful. And they're giving Tim Boyle starting reps so so bad that Aaron Rodgers has to be in practice – today god bless him and i hope his leg stays together because lord jesus why um i've read a headline that somebody said that he's he wants more he likes he likes the attention and i agree because in any other in any other given circumstance he would have just sat the whole season now that he's in, in new york and he's like you know he got that surgery and he thinks he's just like a magic man and he's giving people all these words. I love the player to I love him as a player to death. Don't get me wrong. I'm a I was I'm I have been and I always will be a big fan of his play. But Lord Jesus, get him off my screen. Like until he actually gets some actual reps in the fucking game, I'm tired of hearing about the whole era. Wrap it up. Reynolds is done. Um, but moving on, <laughs> like wrap it up, man. Like we're done with that shit. Um, on Sunday we had some interesting games, of course. Um, a few I'm gonna highlight. One was the uh Jacksonville going to Houston, Trevor Lawrence versus C.J. Stroud. Um, you know I hate doing that, saying quarterbacks versus quarterback, but the only reason I like that, like doing that sometimes is because. Although they're not facing each other, like playing defense and offense against each other, one has to go mano y mano in statistical statistical prowess. Like, if I see that my quarterback opposition is throwing for 300 yards and three touchdowns, my motherfucker, I want to do the same thing. I'm trying to make my team win this game. That's when it matters. But, um, the game was great. I thought it was a great game. These two teams are going to probably it's probably going to get to the end of the year to, to to who wins that ultimately wins that division. I don't think that division is wrapped up just yet. Um even like you know, the game uh, it was 24-21 and um Houston lost by a field goal and they missed the field goal with a 50-yard 58-yard field goal at the end of the game. But built for these type of games they're built to to compete and um right now i think i'm going to continue to keep uh miko rise as my coach of the year um but it's really getting hard to not give seriani that 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 props man because god damn philly is really rolling um but before i get to philly another game that i wanted to highlight was uh uh, the Broncos beating the Cleveland Browns. Um, the Broncos look good, folks. Like they, they look like exactly what you expected from a, Pay- a Sean Payton team. Um, Russell Wilson is playing. Um, I'm not saying he's playing lights out. It's not. This is not like the Russell Wilson from Seattle. But when you're playing quarterback and it's mistake free, um, you could really make a lot of good things happen for your team. Um, uh, defensively, they got they got rid of the. They got rid of the, some some distractions. They got rid of some distractions, and they figured it out. Who they they got a little bit younger, and they just look good. They 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 playing with a lot of um, confidence on both sides of the ball. Um, 
egos are put set aside, and that that's that's what coaching does. When good coaching comes along, that's what it does. It it, it gets your it, it, you got to get those men, high paid men, to buy into what you're what you're selling, and you also have to put a good product out there for them to believe in. Um, and you have to make some tough decisions. And I'm glad they stuck with Russell Wilson. I'm glad I'm, uh, it's working. Are they going to make the playoffs? I'm not too. I'm not too sure. It's going to be tough in the AFC, but that was a big win against a great defense in Cleveland, who's really struggling because they like this is like the wrong time of the year to have quarterback issues because can't trade for anybody. I know a lot of people are screaming like, "Oh, you should have never traded Josh Jobs." Uh, I don't know if you guys saw Monday Night Football, but there is a reason. Um, not to say that that was the main reason, but they probably would have ran into the same issue. Um, aside from that game, um, I also wanted to highlight uh, the Falcons-Saints uh, game. Uh, that came down to the wire. Those two teams are going to probably battle it out towards the end for the division as well. Both teams just don't look. I can't. Like, part of me can't, can't stand watching them because – for one, their defensive are, defenses are pretty stout. But man, offensively, they're so underwhelming. Like, it's not supposed to be this annoying to watch these two teams. Like, Derek Carr, he's one of those quarterbacks. Oh, he gave you 300 yards and a touchdown. And then they'll have two fumbles, fumbles lost, can't convert on third down, getting sacked in unfortunate situations. Like, what the hell? Like, and then you have Desmond Ritter. Like, you're getting bit up. Like, Desmond Ritter, bro? Like, yeah, Atlanta's going to be looking for a quarterback next year. That's all I know. That offense is too damn talented to have Desmond Ritter on <laughs> under the helm. But, yeah, the game of the week was definitely Philly. Um, Philadelphia Eagles beating the, the Bills 37-34. I true, I beat, I picked the, the Bills to win only because I thought Philly was looking ahead to their big matchup here this week against San Francisco. But man, I'm gonna tell y'all this. This this is gonna be opposite of what I've been saying. Josh Allen's numbers should have been winning. They should have won because he is the real deal. Like, let's. And I mentioned this a couple weeks ago. Like, you gotta get him involved in the offense. Create, design, run plays for him. Let him um, design plays where he's outside the pocket, throw the ball. Get Stefan Diggs more opportunities, run the motherfucking ball, but still keep him involved. But the problem with the Bills is that if he's not if he's not if he's not being Superman, they're done. Like they're not their defense is too riddled with injuries. Like outside of Diggs and you know, Gabe Davis as as unselfish as he is and willing to be and every day, every every type of like you know he's he uh, reminds me of Alan Lazard. Like he'll block for you, he'll catch some passes, he'll you know he'll do the, all the the dirty work, and you gotta appreciate it. But it's like when you have a super offense like that, you need him to be hundred percent involved in the offense as well too. So, uh, anyways, Josh Allen. Got outdueled by Jalen Hurts somehow. I don't know how. Hurts started the game so poorly. But hey, folks, it's how you finish, man. It's not how you begin. It's how you finish. Jalen Hurts is going to be the MVP of this league. Um, and if he beats San Francisco and if they take care of business against San Francisco, you, you got, might as well just put that motherfucker in the box and send it to his house right now. Seriously. Um, but yeah, um, that was a great game to watch. That was like playoff atmosphere. Like if they, if if you gave me that as a Super Bowl, I would have been like, great, give me that. I don't care. Like I don't think the Bills are gonna make it there, but if they did, I would hope it would be these two teams because that was entertaining. They were playing in the rain, in the grass, fifty-eight yard field goal to tie it to go to overtime. Better yet, before that, <laughs> the Bills marched down the field in under two uh, and. Within two minutes, I think they scored that. that was it? Yeah, within two minutes, they scored a touchdown. That was Gabe Davis. Unfortunately, they had the ball to start the overtime, and 
Allen and Davis couldn't connect on the, the winning touchdown, which led to a field goal that gave Philly the opportunity to give themselves a chance to win. It's it's crazy. Like salute to motherfucking jo- um, Jalen Hurts, man. That he's a fucking dog. The kid is the kid is a very good player. He again another person that stand on business. And his demeanor, his drive, his personality, that's for as crazy as Philadelphia is as a city, as crazy as the fans are, he is like the opposite, but it works perfectly. Because they need you need somebody who's very like reserved, um, walks with confidence, um, speaks with confidence, speaks with conviction. And must I say, it's it's just fun to watch black quarterbacks just dominate the league because when I was growing up man it was like seeing Mike Vick do it it was like only him sometimes there was some sprinkle of other people there like um what's his name uh Brooks who played for um he played for the the Saints uh we had some Randall Cunningham sightings throughout my my younger years I, I I don't I didn't get to see any Warren Moons sorry any black quarterback that, that was out there, we tried to support Cordell, Cordell Stewart type shit. There's not, there was not many. So when we got that Michael Vick experience, it was up from there. He set the bar for what we got from the Cam Newtons and the Lamar Jacksons and the RG3s. Like, yeah, it's just a good time to be, to watch the NFL and seeing. Somebody like looks like you that's dominating the league that's that would used to be predominantly white or predominantly white from that position. Um, and then we had our Sunday night football game and our Monday night. Monday night was so trash. Like the Bears beat Minnesota, which I'm, I was glad that happened because that gave my Packers an opportunity to move up. I think that game was more for Fields to audition himself to either stay on that team or for another team. I'm not sure what the Bears will do with that number one pick if. I really hope they keep him because he is he's still an electrifying player. You can't give up on these guys. You can't give up on these young quarterbacks. You really can't. It's the worst thing to do. You really don't know what you're getting until it's gone. You really don't know. Um, same goes for the Chargers, Baltimore. Like Baltimore took care of business, so they should have whooped the shit out of them, but I don't know how that game could stay close. But something got to give in char- with, for the Chargers. A lot of people are blaming the coach, which he gets a lot of the blame. And they always say coaches lose games, players win them. But in order for players to win, they have to execute what the coaches have put on put on wax. And I feel like even though Herbert is one of the elites of our sport, he has shown moments where he is not in his you know what I'm saying? You can't you can't always fault one person. It's always you gotta fault everything. From bottom to, to to the top to the bottom. Doesn't matter. The scapegoats are easy to use. Coach, coordinator, GM. But who's who's actually touching the fucking footballs? The players. Sometimes you gotta just place the blame on them sometimes. They're losing too many close games to keep blaming the fucking coach. I'm sorry. Drop passes, fumbles, interceptions, turnovers on turnovers. Defense can't stop a nosebleed. Like, it has to stop. The Chargers need a identity change. Uh, they need to flip the whole script over there. It doesn't. It's not working. And you're competing with the Rams as far in that market. Even if the Rams were 3-12 and 12 right now. They'd be more relevant than the fucking Chargers. Just saying. But nonetheless, that was a recap of week 12 um, of all the notable games. Uh, we're moving on to week 13. I'm going to give y'all my um, my power rankings and also pick my game, the Thursday night game winner and who I think is going to win, my lock for that game. And I'm also going to give y'all, uh, as far as my power rankings go, let's see. I hope y'all like my so as y'all know I, I, I do a little bit uh unorthodox on my power ranking. Uh 
starting off with the teams I consider as straight up trash. Uh, Arizona Cardinals, Chicago Bears, um, Commanders, Panthers, Jets, and the Patriots. Now we got those Febreze scented trash. You know, I don't have to go into, you know what I mean. Y'all know what I'm talking about. The ones that smell good, it just, you know, it's, it's some trash in there, but you don't know. Actually, you do know there's trash in there, but it just, sometimes they, they, they do, it smells good. Chargers, the Giants, the Las Vegas Raiders, Tennessee Titans, and the New Orleans Saints. Then we got the, huh, you know, you know, maybe the Rams, the Bengals, unfortunately, because no Joe Burrow means no playoffs, no nada. They're done. Um, Denver Broncos, I'm still eh, on the fence with them. Tampa Bay Bucks. I, every week I'm like thinking to myself, I like this team. Well, I don't know what the fuck it is, man. I don't know what it is. They just... Too many veterans in one team that can't complete, complete the job. Pittsburgh Steelers, even with Matt Canada being fired and they're getting more yards now, they still can't score points. I, I'm not sold. Minnesota Vikings, the Josh Dobbs, Joshua Dobbs experiment looks like it's trash. Four interceptions, no touch, one touchdown pass. Y'all got, y'all got fooled. You, America, y'all got fooled. Y'all always want to root for the fucking underdog so bad from quarterback position. Don't y'all understand? Quarter, backups are backups for a reason. Don't y'all understand? And no disrespect to Joshua Dobbs. You're, he's a great young, young man, intelligent young man, deserves every opportunity to play, but he's as good as a spot start here and there. Saying that he's your future starter, like you got to develop the kid to get that point. And he could be the next Geno Smith or Jared Goff, but you could even see with those guys, they struggle in now because they go back to bad habits. Bad habits, when you get older, bad habits don't go away. They stay, they're still there. You just get better at hiding it. <laughs> um, now we got our pretenders. Yeah, question mark. Pretenders? Yeah. Uh, Houston Texans, yeah, I would put them there because uh, they're still a young team. You don't really know what you're getting out of them. Uh, Cleveland Browns, quarterback positions, a question mark. Uh, Atlanta Falcons, I guess I'll put them there for now, only because they're leading the division, but nah, bro, like, something's not right. Uh, Green Bay Packers, I, I elevated them a bit. Um, they got a big game against the Kansas City Chiefs this weekend. We will see if they really are who they are um, or really aren't what they're like. We don't know. Uh, Indianapolis Colts, I'm more, I'm high on them right now. Like, uh, Stan Steichen is killing, Shane Steichen is killing it as a head coach right now. He is really doing his thing. I think Philly's missing him more than people are saying. And I mean, Philly fans are saying that too, or they started saying that earlier in the year. But I think, um, uh, the current OC is figuring it out for Jalen Hurts in that squad, but he was what had them running like a full on freight train last year. And he's doing the same with the Colts with nothing. Minshew magic. And I hate him. I don't like him. He's another Joshua Dobbs. I shouldn't say I hate him because that's a strong word. He is not as good as people make him seem to be. They just love to see the, Natty Ice, Jorts, long-haired, uh, you know, country bumpkin-looking type winning games. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Um, also in that list, we have the Buffalo Bills, which unfortunately they may not make the playoffs this year, um, which they're going to need a complete overhaul of everything. I want to be surprised if Steph Diggs is on the block after this season. Josh, uh, Josh Allen. They're gonna, they're gonna have a little bit of a rebuild like most teams do when they run into these issues. And in Seattle Seahawks, yeah, they barely made it to pretenders. I would have said, eh, eh. I don't know about them. Sometimes, like Geno is not healthy. Um, they're just not. A, the, the team is just not looking right. Like they might. They at one point, folks. At one point. I believe they were six and three or some shit like that. 
Um, and they're in danger of going six and eight at some point because they have some tough games ahead of them. Then I have my contenders. I'm keeping contenders. They, they, I think they're just having a little tough little stretch right now, and I think they'll figure it out. Um, and the Jacksonville Jaguars. This team is scary to me because they're actually very good on defense. And, and the, the numbers may not say it, but when you watch the games, Josh Allen, the defender, number 41 for the Jacksonville Jaguars, he's wreaking havoc. They're one of the best teams at turning the ball, um, creating turnovers. And then offensively, Trevor Lawrence, like, he's getting healthier, folks. I think a lot of people did not realize how banged up he was, and that's why they struggled a little bit in our offense. When they're clicking in all cylinders as an offense, they're a very tough team to beat. Zay Jones, um, Zay Jones had a fucking great game. Travis Etienne, when he's healthy, he's he's pretty automatic for the most part. Uh, Calvin Ridley, um, some days he's hot, some days he's cold, but he's usually pretty efficient. Um, Christian Kirk, damn good receiver himself. And then you have Evan Ingram. He hasn't scored yet, but he's still very damn good out of the tight end position. That's a tough offense to defend. Um, they could give a lot of good teams in the AFC fits. So that's why I have them in the contenders um, slot. But then we have our built teams that are built for a chip that are fire. Cowboys, probably the most well-balanced team in the league. Um, however you want to look at it, I don't care who they played. You beat whoever you're supposed to beat, you're supposed to slap the shit out of them. I don't care. Like, give give me a break. I don't even care if they lost the good teams. You beat who you're supposed to beat. The good teams, are they're meant to be hard for you to beat. If you couldn't beat them, you'll find a way to beat them at some point. Um, same goes for Philadelphia. Like, some people say, who have they beat? They have beat some notable teams, but they also beat the teams they're supposed to beat. They also did lose to the Jets. So if you want to hang your head on that, that's on you. That's weird. Um, we got Baltimore Ravens. Uh, they could beat you in any different way offensively. They're one of the better defensive teams in the league. David Clowney is looking like a number one pick finally, which is crazy to say. Then you have San Francisco 49ers. Still pretty goddamn good over there. I think they're the favorites out of the NFC if they do find a way to, to prevail in week 13, which I don't think they will. The way that I see Philly playing, mm, looks tough. Uh, Dolphins. Um, I'm afraid for their the injuries they had seen recently, like that the injury to Phillips was tough. Um, their defense is up and down. Um, they haven't beat anybody notable, but that again, like I said about Dallas, who really gives a shit, like be who you're supposed to be. That's what matters. If they lost to the teams that people are bitching about that they beat, you would be making all types of excuses and discounting them for victories. Um, and then we have the Kansas City Chiefs. This is like a rebuild season for a great team. How does a great team rebuild? This is like exactly what we saw from the New England Patriots back in the day. They ain't got the same weapons as as Mahomes has had in the past. They're finding a way. And then defensively, they're still pretty damn good. So those six teams are my favorites to contend for a Super Bowl at some point this season. We'll see if I'm right or wrong. All right. Um... All right, before I get to my final thought, uh, we have our game on Thursday night football. Uh, it's the, the Cowboys are hosting the Seattle Seahawks. The current line from the sports book that I frequent shows it to be at minus eight and a half, favored by the Cowboys. Hmm. Yeah, man, I'm going to go with the Cowboys in the Smack, Smack City special gun clap of all gun claps that i think they're gonna duplicate what they did last week. they're good at home folks so let's let's be real uh, they're gonna do the same they did last week maybe not 45 but they'll probably score 35 points about it'll, it'll be like 35 to 13 35 17 they'll cover um there'll be an easy win for them um they're, they're rolling folks like i wouldn't be surprised deron bland got another pick six at that point, you really got to put him in that conversation for defensive player of the year. I, and I heard some 
people, you know, trying to discount that and say he may not win it because that's that's a fortune. It's a you're you're getting those by fortune, like you're in the right place, right time. Miss me with that shit. You got to have a lot of athletic ability to do. Like if it was that fortunate for people, many other cornerbacks were getting pick sixes, and it's not happened that frequently. And he's doing a great job. Um, it's just like a point guard in the NBA or a guard in the NBA. It's hard to give a DB a cornerback, excuse me, because a lot of safeties have gotten it too in the past. It's hard to give a cornerback defensive player of the year because um, they have to score points or they have to get a lot of tackles and sacks and stuff like that, and they don't and unless they get pick sixes. But he is actually outscoring great players in the league, the great defenders and great offensive players. So, and he's locking down too. And I told niggas this, uh, excuse me, <laughs> actually, no, no, no. I told y'all this. I did tell y'all that he was going to be, he's going to make people forget about Trayvon Diggs when he got hurt. I knew they had somebody in the cut and he got unleashed and here he is. All right, so that was my pick for Thursday Night Football. I'll have more picks at the end of the week. So I'm going to go ahead and give y'all my final thought. Um, I've just been seeing a lot of like... So for my final thought, I've been seeing just a lot of um, people talking about how the NFL is not as entertaining as it used to be. And I'm just going to go down and speak on what I think is the real reason for this. A lot of it could be, for one, from what I was speaking about earlier on, when we're talking about um, the CBA, when these players are continuously renegotiating these CBAs to have a better opportunity to make more money and those, those um, TV, that TV money being more into their salary, and which in the NFL is really tough because those are not non-guaranteed contract, which at some point, it's that that's going to change. Quarterbacks are currently still are some quarterbacks like Kirk Cousins are getting full guaranteed contracts now. Deshaun Watson the same um, as they deserve. Like maybe not really Deshaun Watson. I defended him quite often, but you know I'm not, I'm we'll, we're yet to see him to be the guy that we saw in 2021. Um, but. Um, at some point, you're going to see that for a lot of players. And when those things happen, you know, there's going to be a lot of changes. Like this current one has changed the offseason for a lot of players. Um, preseason is down to three games. They've extended the season to an additional week. Um, a practice, I believe they don't have padded practices, maybe once a week, if that. Um but aside from all that, you're just you're you're you've you've when Thursday night football used to be a every so often type of deal, every, like for many seasons. Now it's an every week thing, and then they're not good games. No, they're not entertaining. The only reason these numbers are up on this because it's on the app. Some people might be too curious enough to just they go right into the app and see the score. And like, oh, this shit sucks, and they get right off. That counts. It's just like streaming a song. I think the first 30 seconds count, right? Or a podcast, the first 30 seconds count. And then you're just, you know what I'm saying? Like Monday Night Football, you I didn't want to go watch Monday Night Football, but it's on ESPN. It's not on ABC. Like nobody's, you know what I'm saying? Like nobody's getting to see those games. But aside from that, those are not even that entertaining sometimes. Like last last Monday night. But other than that, it's just too much involvement with several things. One, the how fantasy football and sports betting has become a bigger um has been more more involved in the actual sport itself, meaning when you go on NFL.com or NFL, the NFL channel, all you see is the spread. All you see is the fantasy. So with that being said, we're all focused on the, the money part of it for the 
for the viewership. So which means people will watch, but it's are you really entertained? You're just watching it for one particular player or one particular moment in the game, right? So that there's no entertainment in that whatsoever. And on top of that, officiating has been, you know, iffy, to say the least. I'm one to not watch. I watch, when I watch a sport, I don't watch it for how bad officiating is. Nor do I blame officiating for the outcome. Because that's lazy. That's some, I haven't played a sport before lazy. Because <laughs> you could complain and, and blame a ref for everything if you'd like. But there was a whole entire game that was played. What What did you as a player or as a team did to prevent that stupid ass ref from making that decision? To, to affect how the game went. You could have made a change there. That's how I look at it. But the officiating has been poor. Meaning, too many flags on too many goddamn, like too many penalties, man. Like every goddamn, every other play, roughing the quarterback, um, unsportsmanlike conduct, holding on to defense, pass interference, holding on to offense. Like, like I said when I had my um, podcast episode with E-Man, uh, Mr. Vincent, maybe you just let these guys fucking play and just call what's egregious. Don't just call whatever just for the sake of it. And I know it's just like <laughs> just like police officers, they have a quota. I feel like that's what it is with these officiating crews. They have a quota. There's a certain amount or certain this there's a certain either a certain amount of penalties they have to call, or the league is on their back to make sure they don't allow these quarterbacks to get harmed listen folks it's a it's a this this is the most brutal contact sport that ever has been played when you force defenders offensive players as well to play at 85 percent speed 85 percent power you're limiting the whole aspect of the game you're not getting the full aspect people watched football for the violence Let's be honest. Unfortunately, you're 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 gearing the viewership towards younger generations and women and men who don't really watch sports. That's just the reality. They're gonna watch this shit and they'll be like, "Oh my god, did he get concussed?" Like every every play, people think somebody's getting concussed. Listen, you can get concussed by just simply butting your head to the wall to to somebody else's head. You know what I'm saying? You get a concussion on a fender bender. Concussions just happen, unfortunately. And I'm so sorry that that, that happens. And I'm, I feel for these players. They have to go a whole career dealing with concussions. But it's just a part of the game. And they, these guys choose to play. And it's just, it is what it is. It sucks. I hate it. I hate it for them. But this is the entertainment that we, we like, this is, a, this is our modern day gladiator sport. People watch gladiators stab each other in the fucking uh, a bowl dome. You know what I'm saying? Opened up dome. So you think us as 2023 human beings are not entertained? We are entertained. We always are entertained by some type of violence. This is a pro like this is tasteful violence. Take it away and and and, and water it down is the reason why it's gonna be. Very unentertaining for the years coming. The additional amount of games, it's oversaturated amount of games. Soon we're going to start seeing Friday and Saturday night games because the college football is about to end. And on top of that, even college, man, college football is watered down. High school and college needs to set, go back to the basics. Under center quarterbacks, less spread out, no more of the, if you, like the spread offense was only predicated for those quarterbacks who couldn't really throw the ball and they had to run a lot and they they would throw the ball short. Now they now every fucking quarterback is spreading the ball and then shotgun. You gotta get back to the basics. Teach these young men how to play football, even these young women how to play football like the proper way. Learn how to 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 take a snap and take a three step drop. Learn how to run a slant correctly. Learn how to block properly. They're not doing none of this shit. And if they are, they're losing that that trait. 
That's why you have a few that come out of the draft and they're fucking elite because they they go back to their own basics. It starts from the beginning. High school and college need to get back to to giving like you can see it. College has too much parity, and and even the big programs look look like they can't even keep up anymore. And even when they do show that they can keep up, when they go against other great programs, they can't even stand their ground. Um, I don't know, man. When you're highlighting just the quarterback position, when you're highlighting preventing major injuries, which is very unpreventable in this violent sport, when you're highlighting offense and forgetting that defensive players exist and they need to be supported as well and protected, the game starts to look very unfortunate. Luckily for the NFL, there's a lot of, this is probably one sport that has the most amount of diehard fans. Luckily for the NFL, there's a lot of diehard fans. So if I'm the commissioner, if I'm players, find a way to not let the league get any more watered down what it is. We need to accept it for what it is. It is a violent sport. Flag football is around the corner. That's something separate. It's going to be in the Olympics soon, 2028. There's a lot of skeletons, seven on sevens out there, a lot of AU type deals. I love it. I love it. I love it. That's just, a, that's just something that's going to be as it is in the future. But at the moment, you got to accept the sport for what it is and be entertained. Are you not entertained? <laughs> but anyways, thank you for joining me on this podcast, y'all. I hope y'all enjoy this, this episode. Until next time. Salute. This goes to all my hustlers, entertainers, and of course, athletes in the struggle. Yeah, to make a little yeah, 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 yeah. Some get a little, some get none. Shit, I was part of the some get none.